gear, new gear. We're both wearing new gear. I'm just jumping right into this. What are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing our uh, Russell Zip parka. Um, that's made out of this it's super crunchy. water resistant uh, Dikros fabric from Japan that uh, doesn't use any um, uh, WDR, any coatings. It's just a, a mechanical um, Tight. weave Tight like, like that. Tight weaves. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it looks just very coming crunchy in every direction. Nice. Is that yeah, new? It's light. Uh, it is. Yeah. Well, actually, we've made this um, every season. I think I want to say for like maybe four or five seasons. Um, nice. It's become like a staple piece. Um, we put our little patch on it. We don't do a lot of this business, but we do it on a few things. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 based on like a um, uh, on an old um, uh, surf club jacket reference um, when we tweaked it. Which you know, I'd love to talk to you about uh, vintage and nostalgia and how we have to, in my opinion, transgress See. all this business. Well, uh, before, and you do a very good job. Thank that. you. Before we just dive into <laughs> everything, I'm going to introduce you, Chris Gentile. Everybody, this is uh, coming in from New York, in Brooklyn, from Pilgrim Surf Supply. Um, lovely to have you. Thank you for joining us. When I say oh, us, I honor. just mean me in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, us is, us is, you have some, you know. Us is the podcast world, whoever decides. Yeah, you have some, some other people, energies around you. Future people, car, present people, the internet plays with time a little bit in that sense, which is cool. This is true. This is time traveling. Yes. Yes. Well, it's amazing. You're you're what, 11 hours ahead of me. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, that is also yeah. time traveling. Yes, Bangkok yeah, and New York, other sides of the world. Opposite. Truly. <laughs> truly. Truly. Yeah. Well, Very. So, What's the so, weather like in Bangkok? Oh, uh, it's it's we've just started rainy season. So, uh, the waves in south have been really good. Last week was excellent uh and yeah it's we've just come out of summer which is really hot and yeah it's just hot what? all year round really <laughs> what what's your commute to uh the closest break uh How far? closest break would be Huahin, probably two hours drive oh wow. maybe maybe there's a closer one actually maybe like an hour and a half uh, that's in the Gulf of Thailand, so it doesn't always work. Like the season just finished in March was my last wave there, um, and then. Well, I've, I've I've been watching some of the uh, posts that you've been putting up. It looks really fun. It looks just super little, warm little and things. clean. Yeah, yeah. Clean little peelers, little ankle biters in the Gulf of Thailand, and then on the other side, the Andaman Sea side, you have like like more groundswell. Like yeah, more power. I've heard it gets pumping there. Yeah, there's yeah. that uh, in Damon Islands where the uh, there's that population of uh, indigenous people who um, only come in contact with uh, the outside world a few times. Uh, do you know about do you know about that? Oh no, sounds kind of oh. like people in Papua New Guinea as well. Well, apparently there's uh, one island where the people, uh, the indigenous people, are, are extremely. Uh, hostile towards anyone that tries to come on the island. If you look it up, it's it's pretty intense, <laughs> and um, uh, they're still living, you know, nice. in uh, like you know, off obviously completely off the grid. But um, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a very yeah. mysterious situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, how's so? Like, tell me how. What's going on? where you are right now it's spring is it spring now it's spring yeah it's absolutely beautiful in new york um it's uh, it's been a proper spring here i feel like maybe the planet got realigned during the pandemic but um <laughs> last few years it feels like by this time it was already pretty scorching hot but it's been uh, i'm in a jacket like i was out here earlier and i was like oh i'm in our i'm in our, I'm in our backyard our little this little deck that we have behind our shop um but it was uh it's about it's about like 60 degrees right now um and 
it'll be about 65 today. So it's like kind of sweater weather, hoodie weather, but crispy warm in the sun, weather. cool in the shade, crispy jacket weather. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. It's really, it's really pleasant. It's great to, you know, great weather to be outside. We've had a pretty lousy uh, spring for surf, but we, I surfed yesterday. We finally got some waves. Um, yeah, I, I saw no you waters. send me some pictures of some barrels, some hollow looking <laughs> crunchy barrels. Wasn't too Where big. Was it was that? fun. That was Rockaway. Rockaway. Yeah. Um, I think when we surfed, we were, yeah, we went to Long Beach, um, yeah. which is just a little further out. But uh, Rockaway has been really nice. Nice. I have been to Rockaway once where I shot my very first lookbook, my very first season in Rockaway, wow. in Montauk. And on the, the th I think there's like some, like some man-made, uh, what do you call it? Jetties? Like pylons, jetties in Rockaway. Yep. Yeah, we shot on that with Eric Kvartek. Shout out to Eric. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So yeah, Rockaway's uh, lo lobster rolls. special. Oh, we excellent. Where, in Montauk? On the, on the way, somewhere. I have no way. Like, people just, they just drove me around. Eric just, yeah, yeah I didn't know where You're I was. You're along for the ride. It was just yeah. along for the ride. Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah, you have to have a lobster roll if, you, if you're in Montauk in the summer. That's a, yeah, it's a must. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what, amazing. What does, like, what's the vibe in, like, the U.S. right now? Everyone's kind of getting vaccinated. Things are, like, are things going back? to is there more momentum <laughs> um in life I, yeah you can feel it i mean i i can only really speak for uh for new york but uh yeah it's um it feels a lot better here right now um over the past uh month i think with the amount of people getting vaccinated um it feels really good i mean it feels better than it has in a year and a half um and people are uh I mean, it, when the pandemic hit, it, it really, it really hit New York bad, really bad. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, it was, it was pretty tragic. You know, a lot of older people, a lot of people with ailments. Um, uh, and I have some friends and uh, who I, I surf with who are um, FDNY, you know, New York, New York firefighters, and mm. uh, those guys are the first ones to respond to any uh, emergency. Uh, they they have their own ambulance squad as well, but um, they were so overwhelmed by the amount of people that were in distress. Uh, mm. Two of my friends uh, have told me some pretty harrowing stories, and I mean they were basically pulling bodies out of buildings, you know, like carrying you know deceased people from uh, like suffocated basically, you know, mm. down flights of stairs, uh, all over the city. Um, it was out of control and, you know, the hospitals had these giant makeshift tent cities that were just basically morgues, you know, mm. refrigerated trucks. I mean, it's, it was apocalyptic. Um, yeah. And a lot, as a result, you know, a lot of people were scared and a lot of people that were able to leave um, left, which, you know, was a, a good move. I think, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, why, why be here if you don't have to be, you don't, if yeah. you're, you know, there's no work for you. I mean, it, you're, you're, in a lot of ways, you're just a conduit for dense. carrying yeah, for carrying this stuff. So um, that was a choice that you know I made with you know my family and um, my youngest son is uh, has a rare genetic disorder and um, potentially like extremely vulnerable to uh, to getting uh, infected and also just um, you know the hospitals being overwhelmed. You just you know the some of the, some of the things that go through your mind you just never imagined to be thinking about. It's just like well, how would he be prioritized? You know, yeah. like this this like eight-year-old kid that's in a wheelchair and is legally blind and uh is uh, non-verbal like where would he stand amongst mm. you know the people in just in need uh horrible thing to think about but yeah you know it was a reality that had to be um uh you know sort of addressed and, and um so i was really lucky that my my mother um uh, and her partner were welcoming and um we went down to sanibel island florida which is kind of a a, a weird outlier in florida it's a national wildlife refuge most of the most of the island it's um incorporated city that's run by very progressive minded people um cool. so it sort of stands out in a sea of uh kind of bigoted people in in florida sadly not everybody but majority yes. um so we uh we went down there and uh it was in march and 
that's like the best time to be down there. So it, we, uh, we were really lucky, but we got to isolate, you know, basically on a, on a, on an estuary. And I, we, my, my, my son and I fished, my other son and I fished like almost every day. Like we built sculptures and I uh. worked on my mom's house and, you know, and then I did all my design and concept work with my team in Japan from there. And, um, and it worked. You make do, and it kind of, it's a kind of beautiful space out of all this chaos to be in, which is like a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about this podcast, because this is exactly what we were wanting to talk about, is the re-enchantment of our world, and yeah, I think you wanted to explore kind of like, hmm, like the need for this spiritual and mystic to the mystical to like come back into our modern day lives and maybe we're doing that through our connection with nature instead of maybe beforehand we might have done that in spiritual groups or with institutionalized religion um yeah like what yeah let's I'm going to take, let you take it from here just to hear your thoughts about, yeah, like where your headspace is at. It might be similar or different from my headspace. Um, So let's, yeah, dive in. Oh, I mean, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this and when we were exchanging ideas uh, about what we would talk about, it was just uh, it was on my mind. I've been thinking about it a lot and it kind of based, um, our, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to think of the seasons, you know, how do you do this? Like yeah. where you're like, you're, you're working on a season and then there's a season in production. You're concepting, yeah. uh, concepting a season when there's already a season in production, in production. And then you're like in the selling yes. a, a current season. So there's like three seasons. Yeah, for people who who are not in the rag trade, so like I guess I'm, I've got winter, autumn, winter 21 in production right now. And then I've just signed off the prototypes for spring, summer 22, which is, yeah, which the public will see in, gosh, wait, wait, hold on, in like February, March next year, one year away. Uh, yeah it's insane Mine's yeah fine. it's insane it's insane is that the um, same for you so like how did how have yeah, you so, been like making it work you know working with your team in japan like the thing about making clothes and designing stuff is it's very tactile it's not like just making a drawing on on a computer and saying it's that's done you know like how have you been how did you navigate this new like workflow it's hard. It's impossible. In fact, um, I mean, it's, you know, something that we had to do for, um, this, like for two seasons. Uh, but it can't keep, we can't keep working this way. It's really hard. Um, yeah. it's hard on everybody. Um, it's, uh, we have like someone helping translate, uh, you know, we're sharing like fabrics back and forth. Um, we're 13 hour time zone, you know, 13 yeah. hour time difference. Uh, um, it's either at the end of their day and they're fried or the end of like our day and we're fried, you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a really hard, uh, thing, but whatever it, I say that, it but you know, who it cares? Is. It's, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've been managing it, but it's not, it's definitely not ideal. And, mm. um, you know, I also, the connection you have with people when you're together is incredibly special and yeah. there's, and you can't replace that with this, you know? Um, yeah. uh, so um, I'm grateful for this, by the way, the technology, yeah. my God, I don't know what, what we would have done without it. <laughs> so true. We would have figured something else out too. Right. I mean, whatever. Uh, we just send uh, like, send love letters to each other. Yeah. From across, <laughs> across the world. Just yep. send, send random like messages to people. Yeah. I really like this pair of pants. You did a fantastic <laughs> job, but the fabric just sucks. <laughs> Can we, can we try it? No, um, no, it's not, it's never like that. Um, but the, the wonderful thing is that we've been doing this now for, um, for six years. Uh, like I think this is our 13th season, um, right now maybe. Um, and, um, we have like, a we've worked really hard at establishing a, a, a process, 
uh, and a creative strategy. Um, and you know, we have like a certain kind of language and a format now that everybody yeah. understands. So, uh, we're, I'm lucky that we have that or that, yeah. you know, we, we had that history cause that made things a lot easier, but, um, but yeah, you know, it still doesn't replace that time together. And, um, you know, going back to, you know, the, the, uh, subject that we were wanting, wanting to like hit on, um, it's, uh, the, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the reenchantment years ago, I read this, this book, uh, by this woman, Susie Gablick, who's a brilliant, um, art historian and art critic. Um, and, uh, she wrote two books. They're kind of like back to back. One was called as modernism failed. And the other book is called the reenchantment of art. Um, and there are both kind of critiques on, on the, uh, you know, the kind of like Euro Western, uh, concept of modernism and the ideals mm. that, you know, and the idealism of modernism. And like, um, it really threw me into this place where I really questioned my, my whole entire education and like what, mm. what, uh, what I've been taught to believe is like these kind of universal truths about design and about, uh, about art and, um, uh, not, not aesthetics, aesthetics. I don't believe in aesthetics. I don't, I don't believe in the idea that you can study, you know, uh, and, and put labels on things that are uh, aesthetically good or bad. That's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you can, I've been trained to be a critical thinker, um, mm. you know, my, through my education and just, uh, through my life experience as a, as a visual artist. And, uh, when I read those books, I was like, holy shit, you know, like I have this really, um, like classic, like sort of Bauhaus style education. You know, where there's a beauty to that, which is like, you know, um, making a, making an object or making things that, you know, that, that, uh, everybody can use and everybody can afford and can be mass produced. Um, Mm. uh, good design could be, you know, every day and for every, and for every person, you know, um, and I like that in, in theory, but, uh, in practice, what ends up happening is the human being like gets removed from that object and the story of how that object is created is almost stripped away. It's like, and not even, doesn't even, it's kind of void of, of its creation. You can't see the mistakes. You can't see the the craft, you know, so to speak. It's almost Um, like it doesn't have a soul anymore, but how do you make something with a soul? And there's that, maybe it's something to do with, the initial intention or mm-hmm. yeah, strip it back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, it also goes back to like the Walter Benjamin, uh, essay, you know, art in the age of mechanical reproduction, you know, which mm-hmm. was a, in, the, in response to the, you know, the, uh, industrial revolution and the mechanizing of, of manufacturing, you know, the, of, of object making manufacturing and mm. how, you know, this idea of aura, like an object has aura, like it carries, this energy with it that comes through the maker, maybe, you know, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just completely compressing what that essay is. That's a very, let me throw this (laughs) at you though. Can something have a soul if the original, um, you know, the, the designer didn't physically make it himself, him or herself? I, I, I I think so completely. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you, one, there's an interesting thing if you like study like mid-century design and you look at like what was going on in Scandinavia and how most of the, the Scandinavian designers um, were still crafting everything out of wood and natural materials um, and really believed in the cabinet shop, the cabinet maker um, mm. uh, and the hand process. And because they wanted that in their objects, they felt mm. like it needed that in order to like, you know, fill a, a living space or like yeah. have a have a life go because like, what that really is if you boil it down is like generations and generations of passed down knowledge of artisan of artistry you know of yes so we well, can call that like vernacular design right mm. like it's a um which i love i love like and that's part of um you know our our process when we make clothes you know um we really think about um, what we're making it for, who we're making it for, like what are the what are the conditions it's made for, you know how is it how is it being used, and, and um, 
uh, in the environments that, that we that we actually live in, where 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 you know, quote unquote, our our shops are or our customers mm. are. Um, that's kind of like the the base of it, and then we right. you know we obviously wanted to expand out beyond that, but um, but yes, I I mean to go back to your question, I mean um, certainly an object can have you know that that aura or that feeling like, without it being like a uh, like an artisan um, object, like made by the designer, made by the you know the uh, yeah the actual the actual mind to hand thing. I mean, can an AI. I mean, can AI make something with a soul? I reckon that. Who am I, I to reckon, say? <laughs> I think yes. I would definitely say yes because I think it's like. I do think that everything boils down to intention. That is the. To me, that's the core. And I'm not sure yeah. why it's instinctual for me that. That. What I've come to. Just, just that idea, but yeah, I think. What do I know? But you know, I guess we, <laughs> we both came to the, like we both really like this subject of the reenchantment of our world because both of our brands are quite lifestyle, or definitely lifestyle-driven brands. And what I'm sure, I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure that you've probably found this as well. But during the pandemic. Um, a lot of people have been rediscovering their or re-bonding with their relationship to nature in different ways and it's been a really interesting space for for yeah niche brands like like us who who make stuff who make art that is inspired and is about our relationship with nature What's it been like? Like, have you had things that have been particularly, um, you know, like people have responded really well to that you've tried out during this past year? Like, what what have your observations been about people's behavior and responses to to? Oh, that's an interesting question. Well, I mean, there's been some practical things, right? Like, I mean, people. Um, just in terms of like uh, categories, like we can talk, we can talk business right now for a second. <laughs> but in terms let's of categories, let's do business. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me like tighten up my tie. Um, I, uh, I I've, I've seen like a huge decline in like you know the uh, like well not huge I shouldn't say huge but um, one of our categories that we've always done very well with is like our men's shirting, like our button down mm. shirting. Um, no one's wearing button-down shirts for no the past year. The like, what, you know, no one's going to the office. No one's dressing up. I mean, not even that. Our shirts are dressy. They're just, they're like they're just hearty button-downs, mm-hmm. especially through fall winter. Um, um, yeah, that there, there's not a lot of th- those sales kind of slumped. Mm. Um, but then anything that was a crew neck that you could pop over your head, um, you know, all the um, you know anything that had to do with. Uh, just uh, function like highly functional um, garments. Uh, mm. All of our climbing pants, you know, that we have like a couple of different climbing pants styles that are part of our. Um, I love your climbing uh, like our, pants, our by the way. Oh, so thank does, you. Um, and so does Nige, Nigel Cable, yeah. who has a pair he's obsessed with. He, he's got a he's got a couple pair now, um, oh, yeah. and that that's like a great compliment when someone like Nigel, yeah, like actually spends his money on on your stuff when you know he doesn't have to buy anything um that was uh yeah that They're was a such great compliment good pants. seriously i'm not just trying to like sell a vacuum cleaner right now they're so good <laughs> <laughs> well it's um i mean they're they're I, I wear them all the time i you know i wear them probably five times a week you know and the, the weather's so good oh thank you lauren yeah. i mean it's a uh, um, that means a lot coming from you because you are a badass and you make beautiful things and that means that means a lot um, and it's also you know really fun to have our pants next to your pants you know because those are we, we also um, that's a kind of a I mean I don't, I don't like the term unisex I, I, for some reason it just ugh, makes me think of like bad hair salons when I was a yeah. kid um, so for, but they, but they really do are genderless. You know, they they they, mm. they really do live in the genderless space and in in, uh, in our collection, which is a lot of our collection. Um, 
and so did so do you. I mean, that's like your brand. So yeah. it, um, yeah, they sit well together. And there was a couple of there's a woman who has got really good style that came in the other day, and she had our pants on, and she had on uh, one of your shirts, which I was like, yes, Sick. I love seeing that. That's uh, like it's fun. Brooklyn Isn't people, it fun to see your stuff yeah, out yeah. in the wild? I love that and. Like there seems to be a lot of Brooklyn people, probably definitely because of you, like a lot of Brooklyn people rocking women's wear, which I love, like just random people. I have, I seem to have a lot of friends in Brooklyn and they'll just send me random like sneaky paparazzi photos of like people across the road wearing my stuff. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it, 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 it makes you feel like. Wow, you know, it's a, such a, it's like the ultimate compliment, you know, because you, yes. you, you, I know you have your head down. You're like kind of a one man band and you're grinding and you're making things and you're, and you're thinking and you're producing yes. and then you're selling it. And then you're like, nice take a deep breath and you boom, you're on to the next season. Yeah. And I, and you know, I kind of do the same thing. Um, and it's, it's hard to see it out there. And, it it's, and when someone actually spends their own money and chooses to put this thing on their body and present themselves with it, you know I mean? When you yeah. think about it, that's a really intimate thing. It's an extremely yeah. intimate thing. Yeah. Um, that is like, I don't know. I, I think the only other thing that tops that is when I saw like one of my small pieces that I made in my friend's bathroom. And I yeah. thought, oh, man, he put my piece in his bathroom. That just kind of makes me feel bad. And then I went, oh, no, this no. is the most intimate room in the yeah. whole house. It's like a it's space like, where like a- you, you have time to look at some beautiful things. Yep, I was like, wow. <laughs> so no, but it is. It's a cool. It's a cool. Uh, it's it's a cool thing when you see someone there's, wearing your stuff. But there's like a whole anyway. Rick and Morty episode of like where I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty. It's a great. It's a hilarious show. Um, I should watch it. Oh yeah, it's so good. I'm going to send you the episode. But this one episode where basically Rick is like the smartest man in the universe. He's a grandpa. He has a drinking problem, and he like he has a planet of his own that is just dedicated to his toilet. It's like a planet just for his toilet, and it is a beautiful space. So, you know, if the smartest man in the universe dedicates a whole planet for a toilet, you know that is the highest compliment to put your art. Yeah, I I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. No, but um. But the uh, gosh, we're kind of, we're kind of jumping around. Um, That's okay. It's all related. Everything is related because. So let's wind back. Okay, so we are talking about. I want to know why you think that we as a culture have a need for reconnecting with nature, and why we're doing that. Because it's it's so obvious that that's happened. Because like in the the last year that I've been here and th- come back to Thailand, like surfing has popped off here. Surfing, skating, like just things like like uh, camping, like just being outdoors, like uh, marathon running in like like in national parks. Just a lot of outdoor stuff has been popping off here. We you know the country's. Thailand's been closed to the outside world for a year now and like people are people are kind of really enjoying just getting back into nature and yeah I'm pretty sure that that's the case for many places in the world now and like do you have any theories about why that is and what we were what drove us to do that um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a, I have a person inside who's giving me, giving me like some hand signals and I'm, I wrote a sign on the door that says, I'm on a, on a recorded <laughs> video call with my friend, Lauren, please don't open the door. Um, um, uh, yeah, right. no, it's a, it, I have, I mean, I have my, my thoughts about it. I mean, I think there's some obvious reasons. I mean, people um, have, have time now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's no office culture, um, and I think, you know, what's crazy is when you think about how much time people spend in a car or commuting to get to work and then, um, um, uh, you know, what they, you know, what they, um, uh, what they spend their off time doing. It's hours, you know, of their day 
most people getting to work. I mean, even yeah. like my team in Japan, I would always ask everybody like, like, where do you live in Tokyo? How long does it take you to get here? And like most of them, it's like an hour each way. Um, I mean, that's, inc- that's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, they all take advantage of it in terms of like, like reading and having downtime, you know, and being able to like, uh, you know, decompress, which I think that's probably very healthy. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you're standing in a crowded, crowded. car, people, or you're sitting, mm-hmm. you know, and not, not moving. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a lot. And, um, you know, I think the same goes for, you know, if people here in the States, especially in New York, um, funny, like there's a, I think some people just like have the time to, to actually be outdoors and in places where, you know, like New York, where it's very like, incredibly different seasons, like when people were in the uh, thick of it here in March, uh, April, May, you know, like those are still kind of cool months. As soon as the weather broke, I mean, people are like, get me out of this 800 square foot apartment that I live with my, with my, my kids and my spouse or like, you know, my roommates, like get me the hell out of here. Like I got to get out. And, um, bicycles were, you couldn't buy a bike in New York for like six months. Like literally I still to right now only have like four surfboards on the rack. When they come in, they go, they come in, they go. So like the, uh, anything that has to do with outdoors has been, you know, insane here. Um, tons of people surfing. That's like over here. If any, like if you want to buy a new surfboard in Thailand, forget about it. It's like at least, it's like a, at least a six month wait. At least. It's wild. Forget about it. I mean, some of our shapers, it's, I mean, I, I believe it. There's uh, some of our shapers, uh, the people that we work with, um, are, have custom orders in, through January of 2022. Like they can't, there's just no yeah. way. Um, this other shaper, uh, this young shaper that, um, is, uh, he's also an incredible surfer, Ryan Birch, uh, a friend of mine told me he's got two, a two year log Damn. of customs. It's I'm like, sure there's some Thai customers in there. The, like. <laughs> Thai people are so hungry for anything right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's the case for many places, but yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's pretty wild. But I also think that, like, you know, going back to like the, the idea, of, like the like, reenchantment. Um, I mean, the, this idea of modern, like the idea of modernism, what we've been taught and told. You know, um, mm. I think most people in you know the most people in in at least. In America, and I would say Europe, and even Japan, you know, we've been told that you know these, um, you know, the, the construct of modernism, and the, the idea that like good design and science can solve all of our problems and can mm. can unravel the mysteries of the world. I mean, that's kind of what it says. That's is that, order. That's what. That's correct. order. Um, this pandemic has taken a giant dump yeah. on that idea, you know, and, and if you can't recognize that, then I think. You do. I don't know. You got to go back and look at yeah. some of the highlight reels from this past year and a half. So, yeah. um, it's, um, but that's like when I feel like that you're, what you're, tra- um, touching on with the, the modernists is that they, they kind of moved too far into the realm of order that there was that lack of like that lack of that chaos that kept things alive and, unexpected at the same time which is you know that inevitable thing that the yin yang symbol yeah yeah and i think that you know the the idea of always moving towards order is sort of what we've been taught i mean of course Mm. the world you know is is the chaos and we 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 manage it every day you know just walking down the street and bangkok or new york like you know you have no idea what's going to yeah. Uh, come across, you know, your, uh, uh, your path or, uh, you know, how, how to navigate, you, you know, you, you learn to navigate, um, and respond and that. And I think that's like a, a, a type of an emotional intelligence that, mm. um, you know, we have to rely on and that our bodies are truly in control, not our minds. Mm. You know, we just, we, we react and then we process, right? So yeah. we're animals. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And I, I think that, um, a lot of people, you know, maybe subconsciously, maybe consciously um, have thought about that in the past year, you know, like mm. getting out and putting themselves in nature, taking risks, maybe pushing mm. themselves, uh, 
trying to get fit, trying to, you Moving know. Moving into the uh, unknown. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that's like something really like uh, important about that. Like facing yeah. that is important instead of constantly looking for something to tell us Certainty uh, and that it's okay, you yeah. know, or that this is the, you know, go this way, you know. Um, mm. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, and the idea of like re-enchanting things, I mean, I think that like, like, you know, um, celebrating mystery you know Mm. celebrating the unknown um going towards the unknown you know going towards the things that might scare you a little bit um i mean there's a lot of famous quotes around that you know like that's a that's a very um important thing to do i think in terms of developing you know your character Mm. because building character means doing shit you don't want to do hell yeah period it's not about like oh i'm gonna like you know yeah I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go learn to like, uh, ski. That's going to build character. No, it's not. Not unless you're deathly afraid of a fucking mountain, (laughs) but building character is doing shit. You don't want to do that. You're afraid to do. Right. So I think that maybe people got in touch with that. Maybe people, um, felt like, uh, what am I doing with my life? You know, like I'm sitting here right now, like, what is this, what's going to happen to the world? You know, like we didn't, nobody really knew how, like where this was going to go. Yeah. So yeah. for the first time in our lives, like, I'm, you know what I relate to, like, like what I try to relate it to Lauren is like what, you know, um, in this country, like what my mother tells me when she was a kid, uh, like she was deathly afraid of like a, like a nuclear war, like mm-hmm. the Cuban missile crisis. Right. Like in, um, and she was deathly afraid, like, Oh my God, we're going to be bombed. Like she would wake up in the middle of the night and like, think about these things. And I think about like, young people in Japan after like the atrocities that we committed on that country. I'm sorry, but our country did some yes. horrible, horrible things by dropping multiple hydrogen bombs on Japan. Ridiculous. Right. Yes. Like how did, how did, how did people like emotionally like go past that? You know, like yeah. um, you have to find something else, you know, to like, you have to transgress those feelings. You have to go beyond them, you know, and face them. Yeah. And maybe sometimes that's what, uh, you know, doing things like, like climbing, you know, like, mm. like uh, putting some ropes on and doing some shit that's like, you know, out of your control, a little scary, like going into yeah. the ocean and, you know, in, in conditions that are, you know, uh, maybe a little bit threatening. Yeah. It's good for you. I feel like being you know? in the ocean for some people is absolutely that. It's like a sense of having zero control and having a sense that you are a tiny speck in a very vast body of unknown And that, I think, you know, like I had thought just before, you know, like going into chaos and the unknown and having to rebuild yourself and reinvent yourself in that space, in that unknown space and figure out how you're going to react is something that also creative people do over and over again. Something that like musicians and artists do. Maybe not if they were pure pure modernists but um yeah like that to me the creative process is consistently circling from order into this like unknown space where you have to throw everything out of the window and start again and redo and figure out a new combination within a certain framework and figure out how something works that way. But I think when, when it, that, that same idea can be like, yeah, totally applied to physically being in nature where you're in, like, you're always in a situation, say with surfing, say with rock climbing, with whatever, where there's the unknown keeps popping up and you have to kind of, your body has to, to figure out you know a new combination of of steps to to navigate and yeah I feel like the modern condition was you know culture itself is this idea of, is order it's man putting framework on you know the, the chaotic forces of nature and and you know maybe the modern maybe we got into such a condition where we you know, things got so easy. You know, we have convenience stores. We have, like, 
food delivery services. We don't we don't have to deal with a lot of the unknown forces of the world anymore. But um, this pandemic proved that wrong. Um, and yeah, it's a great metaphor for that for sure. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's 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 wild. I mean, there's so many. Uh, uh, there's so many cliches, you know, at this point that people talk about when it comes to like, like how their life has changed or how, um, you know, the pandemic has kind of exposed like all these weaknesses and, mm. and, and, um, and imperfections and, in, in all aspects of life. Um, but I mean, the, the silver linings thing, um, uh, that everybody likes to talk about, I mean, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of truth to it in my opinion. I mean, there's, um, uh, you know, like in New York, you know, a lot of businesses have really suffered, you know, a lot of people. Mm. Um, uh, and, but then a lot of, also a lot of people were given an opportunity to say, Hey, like I've been doing this for this long. I'm tired. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. You know, See. um, it's, it's, it's given people an opportunity to kind of hit the reset button on mm. so many levels. Um, you know, and of course I would never want to relive this again. I wouldn't want anyone to relive this. Um, it's a pretty, it's been a pretty, pretty rough situation. And all the yeah. people who have, who've died, um, you know, I've, uh, I think about like some of the, some amazing people that, you know, uh, amazing New Yorkers that have passed away. Mm-hmm. Like I learned the other day that this brilliant, so, um, like, uh, urbanist and architect, Michael Sorkin mm-hmm. died early on during COVID in his seventies. And the guy had so much more to do so much more to offer. Um, uh, in a, in a brilliant, brilliant mind, you know, I was just like, Oh my, oh my God, you know, it's the, everything from someone like that to like, um, the, from this guy, Jimmy, who, uh, was a, uh, was a, a bar owner owned this like dive bar in times square or Jimmy's corner. It was a, a ring man. He was a, a corner man for all these great boxers in wow. the, uh, in the seventies and eighties. And he died of COVID. This, now his bar's gone. It was like a legendary spot, you know? Um, wow. um, so these are like little, these are little stories. I mean, there's, you know, my, my, um, my, my uncle Benny passed away in his eighties from COVID. Um, mm. you know, he lived a long, long life and, you know, it got taken from him, you know, that in, in a, you know, it's a really bad way to die. So, yeah. I mean, it's, a uh, it's troubling, but at the same time, if we have, we have to take some, we have to take what we can from it, you know, that's positive and, yeah. um, and move forward. And, um, and I see that, you know, the, um, you know, the, the exposure of the fragility of, uh, of, of life, you know, and, and of yeah. uh, the stability of things is not what, what, what they seem. Um, I hope that it's cracked and, people open. I hope that it, that, that fragility, that sadness and, you know, that vulnerability has cracked people open to be more compassionate people. I, I yeah, more want empathy, to believe, more empathy, right? Yeah, I want to believe yeah. that is the case. I truly do. I think there might be a small group of people that that will never happen to. <laughs> but that is. It life might be temporary for some people too, right? Yeah, it might, it might be, be temporary. temporary. We might go back to like the fuck you. It's all about yeah. me. Um, you know, that was what was interesting to me too, Lauren. Mm. And I, I love to like point this out. And you know this because you're you're an incredibly traveled human being, and um, you have an amazing worldview. Um, but, uh, you know, America in America, like we've all been taught to, uh, be individuals and mm. from a really early age, you know, we've been told like, you know, you can, you know, you can be anything you want to be in America, you know, that's, yeah. which is, we all know is bullshit. Um, we all know that, you know, if you're, if you're a, a, a white male, you, yeah. you get a, a 200 yard start in a, in a, in a, in a 50 yard race, Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, um, but, um, that's what we're told, you know, and we're told that it's all about us, you know, and, you know, we're awarded and rewarded for, you know, being, uh, self-sufficient and independent. Right. Independent is like this value. But then but it's, it at the same work. time, if, if that, if those are the values of a society, then what happens to people who are not successful? Well, they, they're made to feel like losers, failure. Total. Yeah, I mean, big fails. Yeah. which it's 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 yeah, it, and this yeah, the pandemic has really helped, I think, in this in this thinking, like mm. helping break this thinking up because, uh, 
you know, people here were like, there are, there are certain people here who are resistant to wearing a mask. They're like, well, mm. it's my right not to wear a mask. I'm like, no, this isn't a seatbelt. You know, <laughs> you, you not wearing a seatbelt kills you. Yeah. You're not wearing a mask kills yeah. other people. It's mm. like a weird thinking. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look at, we, there's just a very weak sense of other in America. Um, and I'm hyper aware of it. When you live in New York, you have a much stronger idea of other mm. because you have to deal with people on a pedestrian level every single day of your life. Yeah. And they're from all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, you, if you're a racist and you live in New York, you must be a miserable son of a bitch, mm. you know, because it's, there's just, you know, there's no room for it. There's no space for it here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, there is still this thing like, you know, if you're, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere kind of attitude in New York. Right. And there's a lot of that ambition, which, you know, in a lot of ways that ambition, when people's expectations aren't met, turns into fear and it turns into cynicism and those people get spat out of New York, um, right. which is, you know, unfortunate because they, but what, what I realize is that like the, the group, like having a community of, of people around you, I'm speaking about New York specifically, uh, is so vital to like having success here. Not success like monetary success or career success, but actually having life success. Yeah. Like being able to live a good, fulfilled life. We don't have, no one has family here, really. Like most people yeah. in New York aren't from New York. They come here from all over the world and you build a family. Absolutely. And it's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, and, um, uh, when this pandemic hit and, you know, you're seeing news from around the country where people are refusing to wear the mask and, you know, uh, it, you know, it's my right, all this, you know, this like pseudo libertarian mm. kind of behavior. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is that it was just fear. And you look and look at how many people died here, you know, now look at, look at what the, like what the, uh, the infection rate was. It's been insane. But then you go to Japan. And you look at a country like Japan, there's 130 million people that live on those little tiny islands, yeah. 130 million stacked on top of each other, like inches apart. And they've had 10,000 deaths yeah. for the whole, since this, since, since this thing started, because they have a sense of other, that the group yes. is Absolutely. more important than the individual, right? Yeah. Your culture, where you're from. My in Thailand, the, that is a fundamental aspect of the Thai culture. And that is the most beautiful part of living in Thailand, is the interconnectedness of every single person here and the openness that you experience from meeting strangers and just people, just, just being accepted for who you are, and and being you know in our language you know calling each other brother and sister and auntie and uncle you know to strangers is part of it's built into the language so uh, the wow. culture itself has these building blocks for uh, cohesiveness and interconnectedness so you you call someone a stranger on the train who needs a seat you call them brother or sister or auntie uncle whatever grandma or grandpa you know so that when that's like I think when that's built into a language, it's easier to then act it out and behave a certain way when it's, it's the really culture's been built like that. Um, so, yeah, but unfortunately, like, yeah, in Thailand, we've had, like, very, very low case rates. We've had – life has been pretty normal for us um, last year except for the fact that the country's been closed – but now what we're seeing in the world is that developed countries are being vaccinated um, and the developing nations are being left out. And now this, these very contagious strains of virus, like the Indian variant and the South American variant and the South African variant, are like spreading like wildfire. We have a second, a third spike happening in Thailand right now. And this, I think it's the Indian variant. And I think like it's spread so fast that even though everyone is being so cautious and being so, you know, wearing masks and, and you know, even in the slums, you know, everyone's being so cautious 
this very this virus is like unstoppable it's really crazy right now so that's like that is the reality for us here now is that yeah we closed the country we had it pretty okay last year while developing uh, the developed nations were you know in the shit and now now they're being vaccinated and you know um now it's like this much much heavier version of the viruses but is here but um yeah well, I mean, it's. I mean, I we can get political about this, and I mean, I I, I have my this of yeah. course it's all my opinion, but the fact that the uh, these uh, the big pharmaceutical companies that developed all the the vaccines, they're not releasing their patents, they're not mm. releasing their recipes, yeah. uh, so that so that the more more can be. I, I mean, it just it makes no sense that this is this isn't a for profit situation. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a disgusting. Pandemic. Yeah. And this is this is the this is the group and this is the individual problem right here. Yeah. It's like these. This is a big for profit company. What do you mean you don't want to give the recipe away? Are you kidding me? Like yeah. <laughs> you want to? We need to like. There's people. It's like you know families that are being wiped out. I mean, in this, the situation in India is so so horrific. horrific. And so you know, horrific. here we sit and like you know, like I don't know about you, but man, there's like there's days where like I'll I'll wake up and I'm like, what like what am I doing? With my life, like you know, there's like, you know, it's just like problems that are so so big. It's overwhelming. So big. Yeah. And I can't. It's. I mean. I mean. My. I mean. My solution to that is that you know I just try to give in the ways that I can give. Yeah. Um. It boils down to what you were talking about, though, is is community. I think like if all of us could live looking after our immediate community the best way we could in the most interconnected way we could you know that's that that's huge i think i think that's really yeah. huge i mean it's uh I, I'm, I hope that people are learning from this and can see it that way i mean and you know maybe you know that uh seeing the atrocities that are happening in india and the fact that like you know the the people with the most money and the most power have really like not, not, um, you know, not, uh, really met the problem. Um, mm. and uh, I think we, I think we have to be really critical of that, uh, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a global, you know, community, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's, uh, it's unacceptable. Yeah. It's totally unacceptable. Um, and, uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to happen more probably, Lauren, you know, in other places too, which, you know, is, is scary to think about. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, you hope that, it's, you know, that they can stop the bleeding um, soon. You know, um, it's crazy to feel like, you know, that, this, this, that these vaccines are privatized. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. It's heartbreaking. But, um you know, you know, we're going to see the ripple effect of this in all, in, in you know, for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and the fashion industry, I think, you know, um, also, uh, you know, we have to we have to demystify the the sale culture. We have to we have yeah. to get back to a place where um, these things that are made by people's hands, these can't be made by machines. Yeah. Uh, the things that we wear, like a human being made this. Like, who is yeah. that human being? Um, you know, I think when you, uh, so what's the, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Cause, um, uh, when, when you're like, when you, when you, when you can, when you can relate somebody's effort, somebody's human energy into something, you respect it more. Um, and when you can understand how something was made, where, where it came from, you respect it more. Um, you do a really great job of doing that with your brand and with like you, everywhere from like where the idea came from to like where it's made and you celebrate the process. Mm. Whereas the rest of the fashion industry, yeah, the rest of it, but for the most part, for a very, very long time, it's been hidden yeah. because it's an ugly, ugly, dirty, dirty Beautiful. trade yeah. and people suffer. It's on the backs of people and, and the environment uh, when it's big, when it's really big. So we're not perfect, but we, by any means, but we try our very best always to use 
best practice. Uh, we certainly use good factories that are like way above bar in terms of like uh, the uh, the condition uh, and the working condition. Uh, fabrics we, we use are always considered. But the number one thing for us, Lauren, um, is that we want to make things that last because that yeah. is environmentally very responsible. Totally. Yvonne Chouinard told me that when I met him. And he said, they won't make anything at Patagonia unless it will withstand the rigors of what it's intended for. Um, they do t- crazy wear testing. And like, that's, that's what I want for our brand. Your brand's that way. You make your stuff's bulletproof. Um, and um, that's responsible. It yes. shouldn't cost less, you know, six months from when you put it into the world. Because, you know what I love seeing know, is like when when people are like reselling like my gear, uh, like you know, and you see how like well the value keeps, and you see how much people still respect the pieces, and you know how that's the best thing when you see things like your pieces, like old season pieces on the resale market. That's like that's like a real win when that happens. My like one of my one of my goals, what like I don't have a lot of goals. I don't really even believe in goals, so I don't even know why I'm saying goals. But what I hope goals are good is that yeah, they can be, um, I guess, <laughs> uh, if they're open ended. Uh, but if I for me anyway. But uh, in thirty years, you know, if I can go into a vintage shop uh, and see yeah. Pilgrim on a rack, then I've known. Then I know that we've pens. done a yeah. Then I feel yeah. like I uh, we've done we've done you something did right. Good. You did um, good. That's yeah, I hope. Sick. But um, beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Um, well, what's Chris, um what's what's in store for you now? Like, what do you mm. like? What's your where where do you where, go where from here? Where am I at? Where do I go from here? Well, like yeah, what does one do when you're in kind of this uncertain limbo? of not being sure when things are going to go back. Well, you live life to the best you possibly can. Oh. That was a surfboard. Oh, ouch. (laughs) No. That was an awful sound. If if I had to choose how it should fall, it fell fell just right. It was perfect. No problem. Damn. That sounded really bad. <laughs> well, I think it's yeah. gonna be all right. Okay, it can be repaired. I like that attitude. Um, but yeah, my my headspace right now is just like, ah, just do your best for your community. I yeah, I started a new brand just to help support my community of makers here in Bangkok because it's been very hard for them. The new brand's called Good Old What's Her Face, and it's just using all. <laughs> I'll send you some bumper stickers. Um, yeah, it's just like using, so like helping out my vintage community by using like all vintage materials, like and and then helping wow. out the seamstresses in the area, and just making things at a an affordable price point. But you know, in, in a very fair pricing, um, and just trying to feed feed them work, and actually, that's yeah, awesome. it's been really good. Um, so that's just what I've been doing, and then just like, yeah, just you know, taking time, not just enjoying doing things that I enjoy, you know, important. Fishing, surfing. Fishing, surfing, being with people. Trump. And working with my community, and also awesome. making podcasts with people in yeah. my community around the world, which has been awesome too. <laughs> yeah, they've been really great. It's been really fun to watch you make these, and it, I mean, obviously, it's an honor for me to be on here with you. I'm um, honored that you are on this podcast, too, Chris. <laughs> yes, it's, no, it's really sick. special, and um, you know, so, hopefully, what we're talking about is interesting to people. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Is. I don't know how you know. There's a lot of respect for you, Chris. And I want to ask you, just as we wrap up, yeah, what has this, um, how has your, this headspace that we've been in this podcast, 
how has that influenced your design work moving forward? Has it? Mm. I'm sure it has. Oh, yeah, no, it definitely has. I mean, it, um, you know, I, I see like, uh, I see what we do, you, you and I, and like a lot of our peers and the people that we respect, it's like one giant, one big design problem, you know? Mm. Um, and, and it's, uh, and it's not just about, uh, you know, designing the clothes, executing the clothes. Um, it's about thinking about the context, um, and how like we're reacting to culture all the time, you know, um, when we're, I think that's what fashion, my favorite thing about fashion, quote unquote, uh, is when it's a reaction to culture. Um, when it's really good, the best, the best things that I think about, uh, are generally that. Um, so, um, also your Instagram, I really like it, like your Instagram feed is such a good, you know, daily, just exactly that uh, your kind of reaction your kind of bouncing board to what's happening in the world as well which I really enjoy oh that's really nice of you yeah. I mean I think that you know Very social important. media I, yeah it's a I mean I'm actually look at I've had a book right here that I'm throw up Show um, me. this is sad this is what I'm design. reading right now it's for people just listening it's sad by design by uh Gert, I'm trying to read this. It's very Lo, small. Love, 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 and, and, and here it says it's, you know, sadness is now a design problem. You know, the highs and lows of melancholy are coded into the social media platforms. After all the clicking, browsing, swiping and liking, all we're left with is the flat and empty aftermath of time lost to the app. Holy shit. Heavy. <sighs> heavy. But I mean, <laughs> let's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the sad, 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 like deep end sad of, of this. But problem that we but need it's to a, solve. But it's also there's some things in here that are really interesting. Um, but I think that so you know social media is it can, can be nihilistic. I mean it can it really it can it's really interesting how um, it's created a certain kind of behavior in people. Um, yeah. It brings things out in people that really are not like a, a, a native part of who they are. Um, mm. And um, uh, yeah, I mean I think that the Instagram panel we have. I mean. I, I don't ever really think about like putting something on there and uh, it getting a lot of like, uh, yeah. not or caring about like what it's going to do in terms of like engagement Absolutely. as the, as it's called. Um, you know, it just goes on there and it goes on there. And sometimes yeah. things that you would think people would really like, they don't really mm-hmm. react to it. And the things that you think are just kind of like, Oh, this is going to be really boring. Like for, for a lot of people like this, this incredible interview, like a little excerpt that I put up of uh, Ian McKay from uh, from Minor Threat and Fugazi. They did like this beautiful lecture at the uh, Library of Congress years back. He's like said some like he was like spitting out pearls for an hour and a half. I mean, it's so inspiring. I put that up and I thought no one's gonna like this. Here's a 52 year old guy, like balding guy, <laughs> like talking. Like, no one's gonna like that. And people like were like sending me notes, like, "Oh my so god, scary. thank you for sharing this. I never knew this was a, a thing." And I'm like, "Me either. I just my my friend yeah. turned me onto it." So it's it's like when you get to share things like that, it's like music and people are but DJ and who are like want to hide their records and don't want people to know what they're playing. I'm like, "Why? Share you the didn't art. make that, you know? Yeah. It's like you know, it's like share you know, I mean, if, if it's a if it's a you know, a conduit for for information and for sharing like things that are going to enlighten people, like that's what I want to do with it. Yeah. I don't want to tear anything down. I don't want to like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not motivated by anything that's going to hurt anybody. Um, mm. or, okay. or, or, uh, or cynicism that's like, you know, like going to cut. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful tool, but at the same time, we, I think all of us put way too much, uh, emphasis on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I, it sucks yeah. that it, it, it has become such a giant that it has, it really dictates how a lot of businesses perform and a lot of, you know, it just, it's, it dictates everything, which is the shitty part of it. And I'm totally, yeah. I'm, if 
I'm totally an advocate for like independent everything. So that's one thing I, I do truly wish for is like, you know, taking away the monopoly of social media from like the big tech giants. But maybe that'll happen. Let's see. It could. Let's make yeah, it happen. Let's, see. let's make it happen. Well, Chris, thank Some you so much. Like we are out of time now, but this is this has been sick and it's been so nice to <laughs> to chat and hang out with you. Um, Likewise. So pe- people who want to check out Pilgrim Surf Supply, how should they do that? Oh, go to our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so, sadly, that's that's one place. Not sadly, it's, it is a it is a platform. So, a um, uh, Instagram and uh, our website is um, pilgrimsurfsupply.com. It's a great um, website. We have a, There's lots of good stuff on the on there too. Mixtapes. If they're in Japan, if they're in Japan, we've got a like wonderful partner in Japan and um, a. We just opened a store that I have yet to see uh, during the pandemic in Kyoto. And, uh, and then we have our flagship store in Tokyo. And then we have our flagship little shop here in, in Brooklyn. Um, my favorite way to anyone for anyone to experience what we do is to actually be in this physical, in one of the physical places. Because that's, that's kind of how you understand it. what we're There's doing. There's so many people in my community and my friends who just adore your space. So just not even not only the physical space but just like the whole the whole space you know the online and offline space um oh wow yeah seriously like actually it was because of you that I met like you know someone who has become such a good friend and because of the mixtape I made on your on the pilgrim site just like is that right connections connections beautiful things so cool that's well that's that's wonderful that makes me feel that's 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 all i i need in life (laughs) well yeah that's that's motivating thank you i can't wait to be able to go and visit all the stores again that would be great likewise let's go surf soon it will thanks chris we'll surf somewhere that's a deal somewhere